You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos. I hate calling myself that. And underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Hello and welcome to the Delirious Nomads podcast, the Blacklay Media podcast hosted by myself, Matt Bacon, and normally Chris Santos, who was not able to make it today. But I, who was able to make it today is my good friend, Chris Strapo, New York City sound engineer, Plays in the weapon, played in a bunch of really cool punk bands, long history in the metal scene. How are you, Chris? I'm well. How are you? I'm, uh, you know, questioning the existence of God. I hear you. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. I always like to have like really weird comebacks on this show. People ask me how I am. I feel like that's like a good little like ongoing bit. I hope somebody listening understood that was a bit. Definitely. That's awesome. (laughs) You have a really interesting story. Yeah, it's been a weird journey. It's been a lot of just kind of things that wouldn't have, it just never really revealed themselves until kind of like right before they happened. But then you kind of look back and you see, oh, okay, so there was definitely some some hints here and there. But um, yeah, I kind of started just touring and and playing in, in this metal band called Thy Will Be Done back in 2007. And that's kind of what, you know, led me into just the myriad of people I know and, you know, the friends that I've made and you know, the connections that I've made and what have you. And the audio sound engineer stuff kind of came in later on as like a, that was definitely like one of those things that was kind of always there that I didn't really pay enough attention to. But as a songwriter, I was always recording myself. And even as a young musician, back when I was a teenager and stuff, I was always recording myself and just, I was inspired as a songwriter by the actual process of putting things to tape and layering things and seeing how things kind of came together. So I feel like the audio thing was always kind of in the background as like a, a way for me to be creative as a songwriter, but it slowly became something that I couldn't stop doing. And I was putting more focused into, you know, the actual, the science of it, if you will, and, and all that stuff. But yeah, it's been a weird journey, but it's landed me now. I'm in, you know, I just turned 38 and I've got, um, a lot of awesome bands and artists that I've recorded and worked with, and I record audiobooks and yeah, just play a little music here and there. And <laughs> so, with "I Will Be Done," that kind of turns into you playing in Aggressive Dogs, which is like sort of a legendary Japanese punk band. Correct. 
how did that happen? Because that's like insane that because I feel like a lot of those Japanese bands are pretty insular. So for them to hire an American to come play in their band must have been pretty wild. During the the Thy Will Be Done years, we had become friends with the Aggressive Dogs. We did like, I think, three different tours over there. We did our first one back in 2008. Oh, wow. That was like before you had a record out, right? Yeah, it was right after the first record came out. And um, so we had, yeah, we had the the first tour in 08, which I think was about two weeks. And we actually, we did some some dates with uh, Kill Switch during that tour. They did, I think they came over and did like three days. And we jumped on with them for uh, for those shows and then kind of bounced back into this tour with the dogs. And we just, we just hit it off, like, it was a hookup through Jay. We were on Jamie Josta's label, Stillborn, back in the day, and he had been friends with Uzi and the, the Aggressive Dogs guys for a while. So he had kind of hooked us up with the tour, and then we just kind of took it from there. And uh, when I left, I will be done. There was a there was a brief pause in in the music world for me, and I just got an email one day from Uzi. He had kind of gotten gotten wind that I'd left. I will be done. So he was asking what I was planning on doing with my. Uh, musical career and i was like uh, pff, nothing yet i'm like kind of just taking a breather and you know i'm gonna get married and do all this like you know family kind of shit or whatever and then fast forward to like early 2015 i, I decided to join those guys for uh their it, i believe it was their their first tour celebrating their 30 year anniversary as a band so uh there was just this slew of crazy shows like we were playing we were playing like all this music that they've written in the last like 10 years. Then we were playing stuff that, you know, was older songs that are older than I am, <laughs> you know? So it was a really, really cool experience. And I got to, you know, really just get closer with, with Uzi and the guys. And, you know, he's gone through some, some member changes here and there, but a lot of the dudes that are in the band now have been with him for, you know, 15 years or so. It's just, yeah, it's just like a super cool experience. And Japan is just such a great place to, to visit anyways, but it is a, absolutely amazing and inspiring place to play music because it's just everybody there is just so amazing at their instruments and they're so dedicated to what they do but they're still very uplifting and inspiring and they you know will tell you up and down how amazing you are and you're like what what are you talking about you just like played circles around me i wish i could do half the shit you just did <laughs> you know so it's like they're just a very respect it's a very respectful culture and i think one of my favorite parts of it was just how open the shows were as far as you know what kinds of bands you'd play with you know we would play shows with punk bands and hardcore bands and you know there might be like a black metal band that opened or there would be a a two-piece piano thing or a hip-hop guy comes out with an acoustic guitarist and you know it was just but it would all be just so amazing just such a great place and you know the scene over there is no matter what genre really all the scenes are just very they're dedicated to their you know their favorite bands and their favorite artists and they show up, they show up early, they stay for everybody, they don't film the fucking show, you know what I mean? So it's it's actually like really just, it's a breath of fresh air if, if uh, you know, you just play in the States or you play in, you know, just Europe and, and whatever. So it's quite a different place and uh, very, very fun. So kind of that sort of comes to an end. And from there, you sort of become an audio engineer? Is I guess kind of. I started to really get serious about audio kind of while like after I joined the dogs and I'd actually spent a fair amount of time in the studio with them over there. And it was just another thing that just kind of kept sticking at me. It just, it was so fun to be in the studio with those guys over there and to be just seeing it done through, you know, a different workflow and just, 
and it was also really cool too because Uzi has he has his own label and I would kind of join him in the studio here and there just to like help him like produce bands and stuff and and throw out ideas so I was getting like this kind of nonchalant you know little executive producer role here and there with with Uzi and it was just super fun and it just kind of like pushed that a little bit further but on top of all that too I was really getting into recording my own music again and, and like putting out solo music I had a lot of post-rock stuff that I was putting out at the time and I was putting out these instrumental metal records with you know just all these shreddy guitars and stuff so and, and all this stuff I was just doing on my own and just trying to stay active and stay you know I guess relevant to some degree but all of that it just made me more interested in the process of audio and it made me more curious about how to get it to sound the way my favorite records sound and and all this stuff and so I just got way more serious about that and I just started kind of playing less <laughs> and doing a lot less and yeah some I think around 2017 I kind of just stepped off of the the road so to speak and just kind of focused all of my energy into uh compositions and and mixing and mastering them to the best of my ability but then that just continued to I guess make me want to just get better at it and actually get serious about it and you know start to go to studios and try to shadow and try to ask people and you know go to school and just you know just to get a little more serious about it and uh so yeah it just yeah by by 2018 I think I pretty much decided that that was my my next step and that was my uh my trajectory at that point so that's really cool and then Talk to me about this audiobook stuff you've been doing, because that's been really, that's been kind of nifty, you were saying. Yeah, that was, that was a kind of a random freelance opportunity that came my way earlier this year that I didn't really have any sort of qualms with it. It sounded interesting. It sounded really fun. And from what I could gather, it was just like a really kind of, kind of side, sidestep from, you know, what I've been doing normally and, you know, it's just, it's so much different than, you know, just putting a microphone on a guitar amp or multiple microphones on a guitar amp and just letting it rip and, you know, moving things around a little bit here and there. And, and especially when it comes to heavy music, it's, there's a lot that you can kind of just, I don't know, there's, just, I, there's detail, but there's just not the kind of detail that you would get in say an audiobook where you're basically recording a person talking with an extremely sensitive condenser microphone where you basically have to listen for, you know, stomach growls and, you know, like all these little things. If someone ha happens to be wearing a, a t-shirt or something that has a, 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 I don't know, a weird fabric or something that makes weird noises when they move, you have to like, you have to be listening for all that stuff. Plus you're also marking a script and making sure that everything's word perfect. So it's a very, very detailed and intricate part of audio that is, from what I've gathered so far in the in the short time I've been doing it, it's been a really great way to kind of like sharpen the ear a bit and, you know, apply some of the techniques that are used in that application to to music and, and just seeing the positive results. It's been it's just been a, a really cool learning experience and it's a, a a great, consistent line of work. So and I work for a great company up in Hell's Kitchen called John Marshall Media. It's super classic like i think they started some like 25 almost 30 years ago and they're like one of the first to do it like with books on tape and stuff like that so the people that are coming through that studio some of the some of the best of the best in in audiobooks and 
some of the best actors and actresses that you can that you can think of. So it's really it's a cool uh, little side niche thing of audio that I've been able to to do for the last uh, probably like seven or eight months. So it's been fun. No, it's definitely one of those things that are like really interesting to think about because everyone kind of understands that has to exist, but they don't like. I've never like thought about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you first mentioned it to me, I was like, oh, that's kind of nifty. Yeah. And then the other thing that you've, that's been keeping you busy and that kept you busy in particular over the pandemic was um, your band with Jesse Leach of Killswitch Engage, The Weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that for a minute. How did that happen? What's going on there? So that was funny that, that we kind of, we touched on the Japanese thing. Cause that was, you know, that was kind of a key component to starting a punk band in general. Like, I've known Jesse Leach for geez going on almost probably 15 years now. Like I've known him since my thy will be done days and great dude. Love that guy. But I was well into my, my journey with the the dogs in Japan. And uh, once we started doing all these old songs from, you know, the, the early to mid eighties um, I just, I was so, I was so moved by these just crazy fast, just pissed off, you know, three, four chord bangers that were like two minutes long at the most, you know? Uh, so it kind of worked out. Like I was playing all these songs with the dogs and it just kind of inspired me to, to kind of write some, cause I hadn't really wrote a lot of music like that. I listened to it for years, but I'd never really played or, or wrote it, but I feel like it was something that was always kind of there you know, especially just being heavily invested in hardcore and, and always having like a, a hint of hardcore in, in my, my, uh, my metal writing, if you will. And it just kind of happened to be the right time where Jesse had, had mentioned wanting to do some sort of a punk band. And I sent him a couple of, uh, I just kind of peeled off a couple of demos and I was like, I don't know, is this something you'd be into? And he was like, Oh shit, let's do it. And he, he put the rest of the band together with our good friend, Andy Mass, who actually owns the studio that I do most of my producing out of. Um, and then Josh Milak from the tech world of Killswitch. I'm sure if anybody mm-hmm. would see him, they'd recognize him from somewhere. <laughs> but so, yeah, we put the the rest of the band together and we started putting music together. And yeah, it was just kind of the only thing we didn't have was like one of our parents garages to be jamming. And it was like such a like young, old school DIY vibe that we just like, That's awesome. it was so fun. You know, we were making our own logos and doing our own, you know, just did everything in house. It was just so much fun. It just we felt like we were kids again. There was no method. There was no like. There was nothing that was off the table. It was just like, does this sound fun? Does this sound sound exciting? Let's just do it. Let's just you know, just see how it goes. And like we had a lot of bands and styles kind of in mind, but it just you know kind of took on its own its own life form after a while. And it was uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we were all slated to play our first gigs, and then the uh, the good old pandemic hit and shut everything down on us. So, but we were able to uh, put out our first record right into the pandemic and we decided to keep it strictly just on Bandcamp for the first like month. So we could just generate as much money as possible. And uh, we were just giving it to venues. Like I think we gave a bunch of money to St. Vitus and Kingsland. I think we gave some money to a couple places in Jersey. Like we just tried to give back because we knew like venues were just like all of a sudden just there was nothing, you know, it was like, what do you do? You don't have like a restaurant or if something else going on at, at, at your place, you're basically floating at this point. So we were like, let's just uh, let's just throw a bunch of money at, you know, at the venues, hopefully, like, cause we were still just like, it was so early in the pandemic. Nobody knew it was going to be this 
drawn out thing that it wound up being but we were hoping that like every little bit yeah remember that remember like when we were all like ah oh, it'll be six weeks this sucks but i'm tough yeah it was the, it was like when the the honeymoon phase of of the the shutdown happened I, I remember that day i was just like all right this isn't fucking fun anymore <laughs> like you know they're just sitting at home everybody was like streaming shows and it was just like this is this is actually kind of like cozy like you know it just yeah it I remember the day that that just this, that just stopped being fun and stopped being like because <laughs> it's just like all right we've had enough let's go let's 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 call it a day on this but yeah obviously it didn't work out that way yeah no I definitely <laughs> so. yeah I, I think about that shit where I'm like ah I can I can tough it out yeah yeah and then it's like he could not in fact tough it out <laughs> no not at all anyway <laughs> cool and do you think something's going to happen with the weapon going forward? Um, as of now, I'm not really sure. I think you know how the Kill Switch camp is and how busy they are. And both Josh and and Jesse have been on the road for the last month and some change. And I think there's some more stuff coming up. So both Andy and I are are super busy. We either are working together at his studio or we're working separately on different things. And then of course all the stuff that I've I've got going on. Otherwise, I'm working on a mix this morning before we started chatting so it's it's never ending really so like i think it's kind of been like a we'll get something going when we've got more time and uh i think at the end of the day like we've all we've all kind of decided this was more of like a like a side project more than anything else and uh sure i think when the when the time's right the time will be right so until then we'll just be uh We'll be doing our own things. We still, I mean, we all, we still chat all the time. We have, you know, the group text, the group Instagram chat. We've got, you know, <laughs> you know, we're always sending, sending each other stupid shit and, uh, you know, skate videos and all that fun stuff. So <laughs> for sure, definitely. So That's cool. That's really cool. I'm glad, like, it's cool to have a project like that. That kind of keeps you young for lack of a better term. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think at some point I know there'll be there'll be an itch where we're going to want to get back together and and then hopefully actually play our first official gig because we had a lot of people asking. We had a lot of people that wanted to put us on shows. And, you know, there was just like a lot of questions. What's going on? When's that? When is this happening? When are you putting this out? What's going on? So but yeah, hopefully someday we'll be able to uh, really kind of put a little more time into it and actually get out and show the world the uh the weapon <laughs> so we'll see i really look forward to that day is there anything else we should be looking out for from you i'm working with some really great bands and there's been some cool stuff that has come out in the last uh, i guess like couple months i've had a few a few singles and i'm working with some other bands i'm working with anything from anything from like you know i've just finished a mix last week for this metal kind of i guess kind of like I don't know. It's it's you're like more of a genre guy than I am. I can't sometimes I, I can't really know. I can't really like uh you know differentiate. I'm just like it's it's a little black metal-y vocal-wise, but the music's more like I don't know, kind of kind of slam. I don't know. It's a little it's a little over the over the place, but there's some uh some classic Vermont dudes I've known for a while and awesome. So I just did a song for them and then I I've, I've been working with this this indie rock band from uh up in the Yonkers area called Wastewood. So they just put out a couple of singles and they've got another, I think, EP that we did coming out soon. And then we're getting together, I think, the first part of November to record some more stuff. So, yeah, that's where my output lies right now is in other people's stuff, which I think is probably where I'm, I'm most invested anyways right now. I'm just I'm having so much fun just 
sitting with other people and putting my two cents in where it matters and and just trying to, you know, get the best product for, for other people. Cause I think that that's, that's where I'm at right now. I think, you know, I, I still plug in my guitar and play from time to time, but I think I'm just a little more dedicated to helping others at this point. I get it. It's like it's so much less stressful. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. I don't have to, I don't have to travel <laughs> too far. I mean, I do miss the road, but you know, the idea of lugging amps into a venue, like, I don't know. Yeah. I did. I did a lot of it yeah. and I, I would probably, I would probably do it again if the time was right. And if it was the right situation, but you know, <laughs> I get it. Uh, I don't know. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. And please guys go check out Chris Repo on Instagram. He does a lot of really good work, you know, not a lot of, uh, New England OGs cleaning up New York, but we have Chris and that makes it okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Of course, man. Cheers. We'll talk to you soon. All right. So that was awesome. Thank you everyone out there for listening to Delirious Nomads sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more. And above all, keep it heavy. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. Who out there? Yes, who out there, everyone? I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!